Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, folks, uh, we're back. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. To the host of this here podcast, first podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the no up corner. No, actually, Cobb's not here. Hope he's okay. He'll be back next week. Uh, maybe he's out somewhere adventuring in Texas. But I'll tell you what, to the left of me, getting the studio hall set up, sending me pictures, delicious of the food, Matt, comment the producer, MCTT. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Good to see you. <laughs> it's been a while, right? What's it been? A few months since we've done just a Matt and Ted. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even, yeah, I don't remember. I was back during the home episode. Now we're back to the podcast. <laughs> 297. Great to be here. P97. The problem is I watch so much F1, it's always like Daniel. Yeah, P11. Like it P97. Is not, is not many... P3 with that guy. Oh man. <laughs> I will say that it was nice this weekend to watch a uh, F1 race at 12:30 in the afternoon. Right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was seemed like a smashing success. Oh yeah. Like the track was a little weird. It wasn't the most exciting race, but uh you can't beat Miami. You got all the celebrities there and everything else. And it just, yeah, it just looked, it looked awesome. But F1 races are a massive event. It's like, I think we've talked about it. It's like having every NFL team in one stadium every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's really, I mean, it, it was like a Super Bowl level, uh, you know, event was what they were billing it as. And all the footage I saw, I mean, they rolled it out as such, you know, I don't, I'm sure there was plenty of actual red carpets, but I didn't see any, but you know what I mean? Like it was an A-list affair. Yeah. And did you see in the middle, they had like fake water and just had yachts in there? Yeah. Were those real yachts or were those fake yachts that they just built on the fake water? Oh no, those were real yachts. They brought in and those parked were- them there to look at this. So I was like, it's kind of weird that it's like a fake beach, but if I was down there and somebody's like, you want to go hang out on the yacht all day on the fake beach and just, you just have to act like you're on a boat. I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Man. Watch that turn, whatever one it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they showed it a few times and I was just like, I, was, I had the same thought. Like when I saw this on Twitter, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then when I saw it on TV, I was like, that's, that's the spot. That's where I want to be next year. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me right. a boat pass. I, know, I did the same thing. I was like, I'm telling you, when I first started watching, I was like, this is kind of corny, right? Because I, I got home Friday and like, I wanted to watch practice because it was on when I was at work. So I like watch practice. I'm like, this is corny. And then by the time like Saturday qualifying came around, I was like, I want to be on one of those boats. That's, that's <laughs> the spot to be. <laughs> wow you watch practice too huh i yeah i'm getting nerdy enough now that like well i don't always but that was such a new track i just wanted to see how it was going so i just kept reading online like people crashing in practice i was like what is going on yeah. so yeah i got home i was like eh, i got time on a friday night i wasn't like doing much i was like Let, let's check out some practice yeah that would have been a good one to watch i've been i don't think i've made the practice sleep 
um yeah but well i watched qualifying where it was qualifying a sprint and then the race so i did watch three days of f1 one weekend randomly because i i didn't know that it was friday and i was like qualifying's on i gotta watch qualifying <laughs> and then i was like yeah and then it was like the next day it was like the sprint and then they're talking about the race the next day and i was like Oh my god! And I was like, three days of F one is pretty nice, actually. I could I could get used to this, so that's why yeah, I was they, asking about the, practice. And the sprint stuff is like, I think maybe they did it back in the day, but they just brought that back last year. Oh really? Yeah. So that's it's, that's relatively new, and it, it does add an exciting factor to the race weekend. But yeah, it's it's a lot. That's, that's something so too. Like I don't know. F one's so weird. I was texting our buddy Gregor about it because I was like. Is it weird to you that like so many people are into it now? Like, does it bug you? And he's like, no, I want the sport to grow. But he's like, it is kind of annoying how expensive tickets are now. Cause like, it, it's like, like, you know, it's kind of like I want to say with hard seltzer waters, right? Like, we were on that early. Like, same thing with F1. <clears throat> now everybody's in. And it's, it's like, crazy. oh, yeah, those tickets are mad expensive, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I saw an article that was like, oh, man tickets to this f1 race in miami are like so expensive and it was like you know kind of griping and like listing off all the prices and then it was like yeah so they sold out in like a half hour uh by the way for like two hundred thousand people over the weekend <laughs> like that was just like a footnote like ah, uh, i don't know uh, according to the market they were actually pretty reasonably priced or you know if anything a little on the affordable side <laughs> like that's quick Price was not a barrier. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, speaking of uh, tickets for stuff, we announced today on uh, KSW, uh, "Pain in the Grass" is back. Three days, Labor Day weekend, three shows, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. They say Friday is Incubus, Sublime, The Struts. Like, who else is on there on Friday? Oh, the Grizzled Mighty. We know them. We've seen them. <clears throat> I think you've have you not seen the Grizzled Mighty? There's I've heard of, I've heard them. I don't think I've seen them live. All right. Then Saturday's a banger. You got Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, Bush, Aaron Jones, Walking Papers, and our boy Wyatt Only in the Wreckage. Wow. Yeah. And then Sunday we got Sammy Hagar in the Circle, George Thorogood in the Destroyers, Queen Drake, Glorious Sons. Uh, Glenn Cannon's playing that day. But it's pretty, pretty big deal. And kind of lead me to my first question today. Also, I think the funniest part of the show today was uh, Miles has a funny story about interviewing Thurgood years ago. And I guess he wasn't a very uh, friendly person. And I was like, ah, he's got that song, I Drink Alone. Like, you, sh you should go do the interview alone. And Thrill's like, I'll drink with him, this and that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, huh, I should Google this. And I mean, within two minutes, somebody texted in and was like, Dude, I don't think he even drinks alcohol anymore. He just sings those songs. <laughs> I mean, Thrill looked defeated. And I was like, that's fair. Like, all right, you interviewed George Thurgood. A lot of people could say that. But like, oh, no, me and George Thurgood were drinking whiskey. Like, that's a little better of a story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was he going to say? But we'll, uh, I know the men's room. We'll be there all three days. So kind of the jumping off point, by the way, I think tickets, I believe tickets, uh, go to castw.com, uh, go on sale uh, Friday morning. Uh, sorry. So Matt, first of all, we've talked about best concert, but here was going to be my question. You and Cobb today, like 
Does best concert always involve the best show or do you lean more on best environment? Hmm. I mean, it could be both. It could be the best show you've seen and the best environment. Right. And uh, yeah, I think environment has to play a pretty big factor. Now, Seattle's got like so many legendary venues that like, you know, you're, if you're catching someone at the Moore or the Paramount or the Showbox market, like the the history in some of those places, El Corazon, um, you know, uh, there's just like a lot of history, and you know, it's it's really cool. And then, but I mean, the the real ones are like you know the Gorge, and then of course Summer Meltdown, um, like where the environment can just have such a huge impact. But I would say, oh, there he is. I would, I would say, you know, the, the, the ones that pop out the most are generally both. I would say you got to have the show for sure, but uh, you got to, you, you know, when the environment's there and, you know, I've been spoiled to see a lot of amazing shows and see a lot of them in amazing environments. So, like, w- when I have to take my pick, it's influenced by both the environment and the show. Um, and the experience of like the people I'm around, you know, leading up to it the whole day, um, all the excitement. It's just, yeah. So I would say the environment is, is a big part of the equation when you really like try and use the word best, you try and throw that around Ted, (laughs) I'm going to say the environment's important. Yeah. Well, that, that's because it's easy to say what's the best show you've ever seen. But then I think like, you know, the environment has such a big uh, impression on it, right? Uh, we are we are recording there, Mr. Cobb. Yeah, what's up, boys? Sorry. Up, we can talk about it later, but it's been a wild one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, 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 I said. We're going to take the, the positive side and hope everything's okay. And hopefully he's just stuck on an adventure somewhere in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about we announced pain in the grass today at KSW. So this was the question, like, easy to say what's the best show you've seen but it's like all right like arguably i think the best stage show i've seen was probably a couple of bench sevenfold shows but i don't know if i would call them the best concerts because i've been other places where like like the music was good but the environment really helped yeah that's the thing it's not just the artists it's like the the headspace you're in the vibe like just where the crowd is at you know like i feel like showbox market gets a lot of like points on its side only because like the venue is so good like even if the band is okay you're gonna have a great time and so and who you're there with and you know what you've been up to beforehand i mean yeah i'm with you it's it's tough to say there's a lot of factors it's multivariate yeah like pearl jam i've seen pearl jam probably five or six times but pearl jam at the gorge is like a completely different animal that's exactly what i would say about tool yeah good call right well yeah, and this also gets me thinking about it's tough because I've seen a lot of awesome shows in awesome environments, but I will say hands down the best show where the environment didn't even like matter because it was just so good was Miley Cyrus at the Tacoma Dome. I don't like that venue, but it was one of the top five shows I've ever seen. Wow. Transcended it and you know took it over with such force that you're like wow and it's so different from what i usually do and it was just a lot of fun so 
Yeah. That's an easy, like, best show in the worst venue is actually an easy answer. Like, best show, best show in the best environment. I'm like, ooh, those will take me a while. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm with you. Because, right, Tool's a great example, right? Like, I saw him at the old Key Arena. Still a great show, but it's like, all right. But seeing him at the Gorge years ago, I mean, this had to be 13, 14 years ago on a Sunday night. I was like, this is mind-blowing. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like Key Arena, not to take anything away from it, but that's like sort of a notoriously kind of bad venue, like tough in terms of the acoustics and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's not built for music, you know? And something like the Gorge, I mean, God, just the landscape alone. Yeah. I think Climate Pledge is a lot better now. Oh, good. Yeah, I know they were trying to pay attention to making it more of an event space rather than just like a NBA, you know, only. So, yeah. No, I like the positive thinking there. They don't even have an NBA team yet. <laughs> I mean, we all know it's coming. <laughs> Come on, dude. We've a lot of stuff I mean, on this podcast actually over the years. So there well, we are I mean, ahead of the curve. I was going to say, Kyle, me and you, like we've seen Grizz at Summer Meltdown also. And then like we saw them at uh, the Paramount once. Still a fun show, but like, it, I don't know. Not the same. Yeah, he's an outdoor, like in the woods, get your groove on kind of guy. And I mean- Real quick, as far as the basketball team, boys, we're like, we were like the 13th media market before the boom, you know, like there's just so much tech money in Seattle. Like at some point, some billionaire is going to make it happen. And guess who's going to be there? Us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, not me or Matt, actually just you, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Matt's got his new, like a uh, minor league hockey. And what was the other thing you were saying was starting down there, Matt? Um, that's the main one that I'm excited about. Oh, okay. I was you were talking about some season tickets. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> going to Texas baseball. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So, all right. That's kind of the point. So, environment does that. Yeah. Cause I just feel like saying best concert or best show you've ever seen is just such an open ended question. And like, it's like impossible to answer. It's like saying the best thing you've ever eaten, which I watched that show on, uh, the cooking channel or whatever. But like, if I asked you right now, what's the best thing you've ever eaten? I'm like, Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, how long is a piece of string? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's no real answer. I mean, it could be, could be anything. Wait, so who's playing at pain in the grass? I'm sure you already went over it, but what's just like the top two or three. Uh, so it's three day, like a different show each day. So Fridays, Incubus, sublime with Rome, the struts. Wait, uh, Sublime, yeah, and then Saturday is Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, Bush, Aaron Jones that we've had on the podcast, Walking Papers, our buddy Wyatt only in the record wreckage, and then Sunday, Sammy Hagar in the circle, George Thurgood and Destroyers, Queensrÿche, Glorious Sons, uh, Glenn Cannon's on there, dude. That's legit. That's legit. I'm not even pumping it up because this is like a KISW podcast. That's actually, there's like multiple bands in there that I'd, li- I'd love to see George Thurgood, for instance. And like, dude, wow. That's, and one of the ones you said on Saturday, too, I really love. I was t- losing track in there. That's sick. Right. So that was kind of the, I mean, we haven't been going that long. We've only been going like 15, 20 minutes where you jumped in. But yeah, that's what I was just like. So what makes like, what's the best show you've seen and what makes it more like environment or the band itself? Because even like Avenged Sevenfold, right? Like I've seen them in a bunch of different venues, but seeing them out at the gorge when you're painting the grass where it seemed like the entire stage was on fire. It was like, this is 
and unreal. Yeah, that's and and the energy builds too. Like, there's so many good bands there, so they're all trying to outdo each other and stuff. I mean, Incubus, like that would be so sick to see live. I've never seen them live. Sublime, same. <coughs> These are like some of my top hitters, man. <laughs> I've seen like a couple different incarnations of Sublime, right? Because I mean, obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna have the same band as the guy passed away, but yeah, I think I the first time I saw them was like 2000, and they were the Dub Beach All Stars or something. Long Beach like Dub All Stars, yeah, yeah. So, hmm. all right, now let's talk a little more sports. So last week on Wednesday, the Seattle Sounders FC win the CONCACAF Champions League. So that gets them into the FIFA Club World Cup. Now, I, your boy, I'm still on the IR with this ankle, by the way. So I didn't go to, <laughs> I didn't go to the match. I was still icing it down. It makes and, it sound like you're playing in the match. <laughs> right? I couldn't be there. Your boy like, I'm on play. IR, so I, you know, I was going to ride the bench, but I just I stayed at home. Right. So I know there's like more rounds and everything, but like, uh, you know, like the, the club world cup is like the top team for CONCACAF, the top team from, uh, South America, the top team from the UEFA champions league. Yeah. So now this is where sometimes I, I realize I'm more of a sports nerd, but I just tweeted out after the match. I was like, we want Liverpool. Oh my God, dude. And okay. people, people were like freaking out on me. They're like, Ted, calm Ted, down. You're an idiot. No. We don't want it's, Liverpool. <laughs> it's the same way that, like, it, how bad your college team is, but if you're 4-0, it's like, we want Bama. Like, that, <laughs> that's the whole joke that I realized, like... Sons and four. I was like, man, people are, people are not getting this joke. People kind of jump my ass. I was like, all right, man, it's just a joke about, we want Bama, we want this. Like, we want <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Dude, um, did you go to that game when Wayne Rooney came in, like, at halftime and put in three goals against the Sounders. Yeah, I was at that friendly. It was right in front of me. Yeah, that was brutal. I think actually I probably was there with you then. Um, That was brutal, man. And I just like, I've been a long time. Okay. I feel like I was early saying that the MLS is going to be a really legit league. Like we were getting a few older kind of, you know, European guys, prem guys and whatnot. And uh, now we're getting them like a little bit younger, a little bit earlier, you know, Drogba and whoever else. And I feel like over time, you know, the money kind of dictates where the best players go. I'm not saying we're going to match one match up one-on-one with Europe right now, but we're closer than we were 10 years ago. And I feel like, that's just slowly, slowly the way it's going. And 30 years, you know, who knows where the best players in the world might be playing. But as it stands right now, man, if Sounders go up against like a real, I mean, what I would consider like a real European club, who I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be ugly, boys. Well, yeah, but I think you're proving my point is that like people didn't get the f-ing joke. Like a lot of the college teams, right? Like when Coastal Carolina was like, we want Bama, like, I don't think anybody at Coastal Carolina really <laughs> thought they were going to be Bama, but it's just like the thing, like just the idea that you could play them in an actual game that matters at a tournament. I don't know. I was just disappointed in some of my Sounders fans. I thought it was a hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the, the podcast version of we want Bama? That's the real question. <laughs> like we're going to overtake Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want, want Rogan. Rogan. Like we'll have more listeners than Rogan. Like no, there's no chance. It's like, well, yeah. We both podcast. We're coming for Rogan. 
I'm trying to, I mean, what are the two biggest ones, Matt? Rogan and uh, what's his name that was uh, Corolla? Does he still do his? He doesn't even do it. I don't know if he's one of the biggest anymore. I mean, he's probably still up there, but I mean, I think he's, you know, I mean, I don't even know. I can't keep up anymore. You know, I kind of stay in my lane. I got a couple like Chris DiStefano and Tim Dillon and, you know, kind of keep it, you know. DiStefano's funny as Yeah. I love that dude. Yeah, dude, you know who's my guy right now? Stavros Halkios. Have you, ever, you guys heard of him? Oh, I, was yeah. talking, <laughs> I was talking about him on uh, when we had uh, Tyler. Tyler on. Dude, God, I just watch his little clips on YouTube. He just wrecks, wrecks house. He's so dude, funny. We can't even say the name of his podcast on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know the name of his podcast? Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you guys know Drewski? No. Who's that? He's a comedian. He's big on Twitter and stuff. Uh, yeah. He uh-huh. does like a bunch of skits. There's a few guys I watch on Twitter that like he's he's pretty prevalent, though. Like he was at the uh, he was like on a stage this weekend at the Kentucky Derby with like Drake and. Uh, Whoa. And uh, oh, Christ. Who's who's the who's my white guy that just put out an album? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Dave. No. Rapper. Like, yeah, rapper. Uh, Boy Wonder is going to help me with my jumper. Oh, dude. Uh, wait, are you talking about... Um, uh, I was just saying I want to see. Does he have curly hair, Jack Harlow? Jack Harlow. So it's funny. It's the three of them on a stage, and the crowd's like chanting for Drewski. It's like, he, he does awesome skits and stuff. Like, it's kind of... I mean, look, I'll just be honest. Like, it's, it's not tailored for three white guys, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and like, some <laughs> of the skits are awesome. But it sends me down these wormholes of like, like ghetto videos and this and that. Like, I was watching one. It's like two nerdy dudes in a like school library, and the guy's googling. It's like funny fat guy and or it's like funny black guy and vest. Funny fat black guy and vest. And the other guy goes, "Are you trying to Google Dr- Drewski?" No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. <laughs> But those, I mean, those guys, I like them. They do like high quality skits, but they just do them on their own. Like they just yeah. have, a, have their buddies at the house and like pump out, just pump that stuff out. Dude, that's um, that's how uh, Workaholics got started. I don't know if you guys ever saw that show, but they literally awesome just show. were doing it on YouTube in their backyard and and got picked up. It's pretty cool. Uh, Ted, also, I didn't really think about this, but how is your stiff arm? Oh Christ! I don't know. They, I never got to run a football. Because with you on the IR right now, I'm thinking forward, and I'm like, okay. So we had like the the Will Smith slap, right? Right. Over the weekend, somebody tried to tackle Dave Chappelle while he's on stage, and guess who's doing announcements at Pain in the Grass? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> man! I mean, no, no, no. I think I'd be all right in that situation. I'm thinking about running down a field and stiff arm. And I want that stiff arm tight by the end of summer, man. Now you got something to train for. You get taken out in front of the White River Amphitheater, like that's that's gonna go down. You know that that's a tough L. But you stiff arm a man and you stand your ground on that stage. Wow, instant legend. It's all upside, baby. That's all I'm saying. If you get tackled, nobody takes it away from you. You know. Did you see that girl that tried to run up to the on the cage at the UFC over the weekend? No, Jesus. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's like a trend. No, what happened to her? Oh, it did not end well. 
like she hops out, she makes it all the way to the cage. And like, literally what you're talking about, the security guard was just like, nope. I mean, wow. I yeah, did you sick. see I the mean, arm of the guy who went after Dave Chappelle? Ooh, when they were loading him in. Yeah. Well, he's also cuffed to the gurney. Dude, his arm was like flipped inside. That was pretty nasty. Anyway, Ted, I feel like I say this and you kind of laugh it off. And then I've known Ted for a long time for people listening. You know, tomorrow, like 9 a.m. when he's in the lab, in the gym, he's just going to like get a couple extra pumps with that right bicep. (laughs) So, you know what? Let's get it. (laughs) Oh, I dip on somebody. Deliver the blow. Yeah, why not, dude? Like excessive juice. (laughs) Excessive juice. It's back. (laughs) Oh, what else am I going to bring up there? Oh, I was just going to say real quick, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I had a burrito over at uh, uh, the Matador, right? Like, I forget, like, I love Mexican food, but like when you go somewhere that has really good Mexican food, it's like, God damn, this is delicious. Yeah. That thing was a beast, man. Yeah. Matador hits too. That's uh, they know what they're doing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Cinco de Mayo. I know it's a made up holiday and it's just one battle. They didn't even win the war, but who cares? It's good. Mate. Get out, it, drink some tequila. Isn't every holiday a made-up holiday? Like, pets don't know when holidays are, you know? Animals in the forest are not like, oh, it's Christmas today. Like, Bambi's like, the f*** out of here with that. Sorry, Matt. It's all good. <laughs> but they're fun. Holidays are awesome. We get to bust out dip or fireworks or Santa or whatever. <laughs> I like that. We're going to go to break. We should end on that. Aren't all holidays made up? All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being here. we got a full squad now. Uh, a lot of people are wondering. Quick injury update. Ankle's still kind of bruised up. <laughs> I've been icing it, keeping it elevated, so I should be back in action next week. Uh, so you missed the game this last weekend? I did, yeah. I, I skipped the game, and then, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I mean it's a gnarly bone bruise. And really? there's, still a, there's still a knot on it, so I'm like, all right. And then, you know. I talked to my buddy. It's a physical trainer. He's like, you, he goes, you don't want to hear it, but you just got to rest it. I'm like, I, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. All right, Mr. Cobb, you have a story before we get to the emails. I do. So, all right. All right. It's a small town hero story. I'll start off by saying that. So last night, so my sister's in town visiting and uh, it's her last night, last night. So, uh, I get out of work yesterday and I'm like, Hey, where do you want to go for dinner? We'll take, take you out. We were going to go get burgers at this spot called Dan's that I love. She's like, you know what? Let's do barbecue. I'm like, okay, great. I love barbecue. So her, uh, myself and my girlfriend decided to walk over to barbecue and, uh, our neighbor had just told us about a spot that he really likes, um, downtown, uh, Ooh, what was the name? It's like Custer's or something like that. I don't know. It's right on South Cong or right on Congress for people who have been here. But anyway, um, so uh, we walk over there and uh, we're in line getting some barbecue. And the owner at first, or the, one of the guys working there, was like kind of throwing me some some sass, like some shade. Like he was trying to hand my tray of barbecue over, but I was sort of like not really sure if he was handing it to me or his girlfriend, so I didn't grab it. And he was like keeping it away from her so he could hand it to me. And he was like, I'm handing you your tray, sir. Like I was like, like he wouldn't hand it to a woman or something. It's kind of a weird vibe. So anyway, but he was like pretty old and I was like, okay, like, you know, weird, weird energy, but you know, 
I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm going to enjoy my barbecue and hang. So we get all of our barbecue and everything's really good. Like, and this is Texas style barbecue. So you're talking like, you know, briskets, sausages, whatever, really good, like baked potato, macaroni and cheese, the whole, whole nine yards. So we're sitting there eating and we're kind of over in the corner of the restaurant and it's all bench seating. So long tables, benches, and this is an old school place. I mean, it's been there since like 1910. So everything's kind of, you know, well-worn, faded in. And as we're just chatting, kind of an unremarkable, unremarkable dinner, I hear like some commotion behind me. And so I turn around and two guys' friends are panicking. And I see one guy just stand up and he's like, you know, he's not really, he's not making any noise. And he's like going, like he's trying to cough and he's like, and I'm like, oh my God, are you choking? And like, no one says anything. So I'm not sure if this guy is like about to die or everything's totally fine. So I stand up, I go behind him and I'm like, hey, are you choking? He doesn't give like the choke, you know, the international sign for choking, like two hands near your throat. He gives me no indication if I should invade his personal space and try to help him or not. But he's starting to lose consciousness. So I was like, all right, executive decision. I'm going to try to give this guy the Heimlich. So, of course, the restaurant is packed. So I go in and I'm just like, I, I don't know this dude. So I just and like, well, OK, so I wrap my arms around him and he tells me later that he's thinking like, does this guy even know what he's doing? Which is fair because I really don't. I was a lifeguard when I was like 16, boys. That's all my medical training right there. So. <laughs> But but I love the story of the guy who invented the Heimlich because he like invented it, spread it far and wide. And then he ended up getting to give it in a nursing home when he was 94 in 2016, right before he died. And he saved a woman's life. So anyway, all that's in my head. I make a fist. I go wrap around this guy and just pull tight. Nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to choke to death in my arms. And he's starting to like saliva starting to come. You're kind of hearing that like a little death rattle or whatever. It's like, you know, like it's getting, yeah. getting for real. His friends are full panic. My sister and girlfriend are frozen. And there's like, we're in the corner of the restaurant. So there's no real way to get there. And I'm like, I'm the guy. And I go, Hey man, I'm just going to hit you with it. And he's like kind of motioning like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I thought I was going to break a couple ribs. So I just go boom, like full, full force. Everything I had Heimlich. Boom, projectiles out this huge piece of brisket. It falls on the table, saliva, and he does like the gasp, like, <laughs> like <laughs> the whole restaurant turns. And it was absurd, boys, like just the rush of endorphins as I saved this man's life. So, of course, dude, I'm like kind of embarrassed. I go sit back down. He's super embarrassed. He's like, dude, I skydive, I motorcycle. I thought I can't believe I thought I was going to go out like that. He's like, I just saw my life flash before my eyes. He's like, you saved my life. I was like, that's cool, man. No big deal. And it was like a pretty casual affair. So I went to the bathroom and I come back. The owner of the restaurant who had been throwing me sass earlier comes out and he's like, hey, man. I saw that whole thing from behind the bar. Like you just saved that man's life. He gives me a handshake and he's like, your meals on us. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was the most small town hero thing I've ever been a part of. Like, I don't like to brag, but well, maybe I do, but it was so funny, dude, just to win like a barbecue meal for saving a man's life in front of my girlfriend was like the ultimate, like I'll, I'll laugh about that forever. It was like really awkward and uncomfortable to invade someone's personal space. Uh, like we got out of there as fast as we could, but I'm happy I did it. But just being rewarded with like, you know what, like this brisket's on me felt like the most small town hero thing ever so anyway i don't know it just the whole thing was like weird and pretty funny and i was like you know what i gotta i gotta bring it up on the cast <laughs> i mean the only thing that'll back me up on this is i told matt this before we started recording Dude. but Cobb, i shit you not i had to give the heimlich to an 11 year old girl at the bowling alley on saturday oh my god <laughs> dude that thing dude you know what i'll say about that it works and you think you were going to hurt that dude. How do you think? I mean, a 240-pound man, like, giving the Heimlich to a tiny little 11-year-old girl. Like, I was just like, are, are, like, are you choking? And she's the same thing, like, ah, ah. And I'm like, all right, I got to try this. And it took, like, three legit, like, pumps. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got to hit it, man. But it works. Like, yeah, and then she, like, ran off crying. And I was like, is she okay? And the mom came back. Like, she's just embarrassed. And then she, she came back later and was like, thank you for saving me. And I'm like... All right. Was this someone you knew? Uh, yeah, but it okay. was it was intense because uh, our buddy Tom was there, and he goes, "Man, I wasn't even sure what was happening." Everybody kind of froze, and he goes, "He just kind of hopped in." He's like, you, you, "Like you did save a life." I was like, "Ah, I feel weird saying I saved a life, but I'm with <laughs> you." You're just like, "All right, well, somebody's got to do something." The Ted Smith clutch rating, man. Like that doesn't it feel good to know you have a high clutch rating? That's the only thing I took away from it is I was like, man, that clutch rating's still high, baby. Well, and that's the thing with that dude, right? Like people, like people just don't know what to do, but like that guy could have died. Oh yeah. Dude, people just panic and they freeze. And I feel like one thing that, you know, my parents working in medicine, I feel like I've always just, when people like get scared, like that's when I kind of come alive and I'm like, just super calm. I rolled over to him. just like, no big deal. Boom. And it sounds like that's kind of how it went down with you. But like, is that you think about the alternative? Like, how did we even hear about the Heimlich? Like, we probably saw it like on TV or on like a sitcom or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I just can't believe that was the story because I had for people listening. Cobb just said, I have a story for you. And I was like, cool. And as you're telling that story, I was like, he's going to think I'm trying to big time. him. But I'm like, dude, why Heimlich somebody literally Saturday? Yeah, dude. Isn't that insane that that works? Like, that's what the craziest part to me. It's just like. God, man. Like, look at us, man. Podcast out here to saving lives. Look, podcast. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Shares of the podcasts are down bad right now. The whole market's down. Okay? Market's down. We're out here saving lives. And that's Dude. what's important. Matt, what'd you do? Have you saved a life lately? Yeah. How many people did you save? No, man. I'm... <laughs> save wow. someone at the 420 I mean, we'll bank or what? What's Matt in, but it's not that. Uh, but I will say, you know, I'm the guy that I've been here. I was here before the show. When Ted told me that story <laughs> and then I got kind of high just throughout the show. And then over the break, when Cobb was just like, guys, I have a story for you and just left it at that. Like, just just, hey, you know, throw it to me when we, when we get in there. And then he's just like, I'm like, again, I mean, I cannot tell you how insane it was to just sit here and, and see all this transpire, boys. <laughs> like, for the record, Bob and I can do this, but at no point do we recommend anybody choking. Like, don't, don't, don't. All right, Kyle, here's the difference. 
we're highly thought, trained experts, as you yeah, can tell. I gave, I gave a speech to those three kids, like, I, and I hate being like one of these people, but I was just like, all right, just hey, everybody, let's take a breath, let's slow down. The pizza's not going anywhere. There's plenty of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> oh dude that's awesome that's so funny man look at us well matt i feel like you have a chance to save lives but it's gonna be in a different way you're gonna be at the 420 bank and somebody's about to marry the wrong person or make a big financial mistake and you're gonna be like no don't lie on your taxes (laughs) (laughs) matt is out there saving lives it's how people get healthy definitely (laughs) all right god let's read some emails That is unbelievable. All right. First email from guy at barbecue place. Thank you for saving my life. Second email from little, <laughs> little girl at bowling alley. Thank you for saving my life. Ted Smith. <laughs> no big deal. Ted and I do this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. We do this kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> okay. So um, here's the thing. Con- controversial. Um, this one says, please do not read on air. I'm going to read it, but I'm going to, I've stripped out all identifying information and I'm not going to say your name, but it was a cool email. And I think some people would like to be inspired by you out there. Uh, so, you know, you know who you are and I apologize, but great email, uh, man or woman, uh, uh, Hey, fellas. So first things first, when I I started listening uh, and when I met you guys, I was a year into learning jujitsu. Now, as of two weeks ago, uh, I received my brown belt, which is one belt away from black. On top of that, I moved down to Seattle a year and a half ago. uh, I've been volunteering with um, uh, with a professional organization down there that everyone has heard of. Um, And uh, my new coach is one of the lead instructors from there. Uh, I've been grinding hard and trying to live off jujitsu alone, and now it's paying off because not only have I received one job offer officially uh, being brought in, uh, but two job offers, the second being working for that professional organization as an instructor. Uh, I've been hustling, being diligent, and maintaining consistency, which is my theme for 2022, and it's starting to pay off. Just a small guy from a small town uh, moving to the big city and struggling to make what he loves his job. No degree, no savings, no backup plan. And now I'll be making, he listed the salary here. It's high. I'm not going to say it. A year doing what I love, making a real difference uh, in that professional organization, government organization. Uh, I owe a lot of this to you guys. You've inspired me since the first day I turned on the podcast. And without you guys, well, I don't know if I would have taken some of the leaps that I have to make this a reality. So sincerely, thank you, all three of you. Much love. Nice. Yeah, brown. I mean, a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is very hard to get to. Yeah, seriously. Right. Because there's other uh, martial arts that have like a lot more belts. Like, right. Jiu Jitsu, I'm pretty sure, is just like white, blue, purple, brown, black. I'm shocked. Why do you know that? I mean, I trained Jiu Jitsu for like a year. So I didn't know that. Yeah. That's dope. I'm like, the, the, I think the highest guy at our school at that time was like a purple belt. There's a couple like brown belts in there now. I mean, hell, we, I, there's a guy uh, Matt and I used to work with that, like uh, uh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin from Metal Shop. Yep. And I, he was like, dude. So I got him into that club, and I want to say he's like a. I think he might be a purple belt now. Oh, wow! That's yeah. super cool. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Lots to comment on from that last show. So let's go by bullet points. Let's do it. Thank you, Scott. I'll just from the guy who reads them. Thank you. We get some walls of text out here. Uh, 
scoring on friends uh as a dad and a guy i get oh from ted from you scoring on uh joe oh um, yeah scoring on friends as a dad and a guy i get lots of chances to score on people and i gotta say it's best to score on people you've formally trained and played with it just gives you more satisfaction or when your kid thinks you've lost a step at xbox or an outdoor sport and is talking mad smack and you have to remind them who taught them the game talk s and i'll make you eat s i don't care that you're seven <laughs> uh he is right by the way so i scored on our buddy joe the mayor and i saw him this past week and i told him we talked about it and i think in the end we did, we all everybody i've talked to as we talked about on the mega cast as well decided the same thing it's more fun to play with your buddies but if your buddy's the keeper in hockey or soccer it's kind of fun to score on them <laughs> oh yeah dude definitely overall Man. obviously i'd rather have joe between the pipes with me but like that was pretty fun. Dude, and you get to ride on that for years unless he wins that cup. God. Don't even, don't even speak it into existence. That's our hardware, Ted. I want to be drinking popcorn out of that cup come summer. Uh, Mexicans in Seattle. I went to Mexico twice last year, uh, both PV and San Lucas. And man, the number of people with cousins who live near me in Wenatchee, uh, Yakima, or Wenatchee area blew me away. It was every tour guide or cabbie. Uh, in Puerto Vallarta, the tour guide was telling me that he turned down the offer to start a restaurant chain in Seattle uh, with his brother called Extapa. Uh, and he kind of regrets cool. it now because he would be retired and not 70 and still working. Yeah, Extapa's well, massive. I was going to say, Extapa's good, too. Whoa. Yeah, they are good. Uh, Cedro Wrestling. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Cedro Woolley Wrestling. As someone who wrestled varsity in the mid-2000s, Cedro and Lake Stevens were unbeatable. Both teams had amazing coaches and nationally ranked wrestlers. Dude, I'm glad somebody knew what I was talking about. I felt like I got way too like inside baseball local with that, but it's true. They were like, that town is legendary, like legendary for only one thing. And that's wrestling. Uh, <laughs> well, horn it's ironic because I'm pretty sure the stop I went to was up in Stanwood. Huh? Yeah. Um, uh, horn use. Uh, after working in uh, MA for two months, I'm assuming Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Uh, for two months uh, and driving around. Oh yeah. And driving around Boston every day. I am way more liberal with the horn. It diffuses your rage. Definitely not theirs. Uh, and lets them know that they should be ashamed. Larp on the, <laughs> the friendly it guy, Scott PS with the economy, the way it is, I'm definitely still holding my shares. Nice oh, Scott. Man. Let's go. Me too. <laughs> I was going to say horns in Boston. No, can't see it. <laughs> Yeah, can't sell the dip, Scott. Come on, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, all right. Well, let's check in with what's happening. Hey, hey what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, hey what's good? What's happening? Check out what's happening. Hey, hey what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, hey what's good? What's happening? Check out what's happening. All right. Uh, well, this weekend, let's see. Tyler was uh, still still had COVID for a little bit, and because uh, I gave it to her, because you know what are you gonna do? And then, but she started uh, testing negative Saturday, and I was very excited about that. As was she, because we had tickets to go see Royal Blood. So nice. Um, yeah, just in the nick of time, uh, we were able to go out to Anaheim, 
uh, which is it's like two hours away, two and a half with traffic on the way there, but two hours back, you know. All right. Um, and it's worth it. And you know, uh, we were celebrating six years on and off uh, when we were sick, but then you know, this was a fun like celebration, and so uh, you know, it was a good good time. Uh, it was like. I want to say it was our third time seeing Royal Blood together and my fifth time seeing them total. And I've met them three of those times, you know? So it's like, uh, I've watched them come up, but like, I remember the first time Cobb, you were there. It's, it was Sasquatch, right? Yeah. That was awesome. At the gorge. They're good too. Yeah. Like, that was when out of the black was their only song that was out and on the radio. And like, you know, they're just, just starting out, but they, I mean, they're massive. They're, they're the whole tour sold out and they play, they play arenas in Europe, you know, they're ah. not as big here, but I'm pretty sure their show at so- Showbox Soto a couple weeks ago was sold out. You know, last time they played the market and sold that out and, you know, so they're just doing the thing where they're just coming up through bigger and bigger venues. And, House of Blues Anaheim was a pretty sizable venue. It was packed. It was it was pretty wild. Um, we ended up getting VIP passes, um, which I just paid for, which I'd never done. But I was just like, I'm just used to being in that section. It looked I don't care. We're <laughs> celebrating, you know. Like we've, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in, you know, <laughs> and because there was just a thing it was like vip services but there was like a line that i could go stand in and i was like i'm gonna just go talk to this lady and she's like yeah i mean you can just buy your way in there and i was like all right yeah this is the night to do it i mean if it's that if it's that easy you know but there's a little bit of like uh an identity shift you know of like i've always had vip access but like it was because i worked for kisw you know what yeah. i mean it's like look, it's part of the deal. Right. And this was just like, no, I just gave him my card and, you know, tried not to think too much about it. Wasn't too bad, but like, that's a fair trade though, too, is you guys don't drink. Yeah. That's, so so like, that was, if you're going to spend, I mean, I'm just, I'm just guessing, but it's like, can we really spend 80 bucks a person on this? And it's like, well, if you were sitting there having beers at a show, you probably would spend that same 160 in drinks. Correct. Correct. So yeah, once, you know, the, the funny thing was, was like my mind was made up because I saw the couple in front of me. Tyler, Tyler was in line for food, right? And there was a long ass line for food. And I was like, I'm not having this. I'm not having how crowded it is in there. And, um, you know, Tyler was like, oh, I love the opener. I didn't know Cleopatra was opening. And I'm like, okay, she looks hot as fuck tonight. Like, it was point one. Point two, <laughs> we're gonna, she's going to enjoy the whole show right point three we don't drink it's the anniversary we're just finally out out of the house you know and like yeah it i mean the stars were aligned right i double checked my my account just to be like is this you know this isn't completely reckless at this point in time right like and it wasn't and so it's just like yeah and but once the lady said i knew the section and she was like you'll get uh drinks or i mean you'll pay for them but like you'll have someone bringing you drinks and food like you'll have a waiter (laughs) at the show nice and then i was like for real done like and so (laughs) i just had 
homie just bringing bottomless soda waters and a soft pretzel for good measure, just because I could. Just because I, I could. I love a soft pretzel at any kind of event. I think it's my favorite. <laughs> just because I could. Um, and because we don't drink, the bar tab was like 20 bucks right? <laughs> at the end of the night. I still tipped, I tipped him like 50%. And it's still like, sorry, it's probably your lightest tip of the whole night, bro. But like, <laughs> I'm pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Royal Blood is awesome. It was cool seeing there. They have a third guy on stage because they have so many goddamn synths on the new record that they just had a guy doing the live synths. And um, I've been training one of our friends online um, who um, we know is kind of a DJ for our friends parties, you know, and but he also is building a synthesizer. So I've been like learning all about synthesizers over these past few months. Uh, all right. And and then Royal Blood had one and it was like, you know, he just picked his spots. It was awesome. It was, it was a nice little uh, addition to the live show. And, uh, yeah, it was fun just seeing, you know, I've talked to those guys a few times and they were so cool and like so deserving of just how far they've come. And, you know, it was, it was just a lot of fun, uh, to, yeah, to watch them tear it up and just kind of think about first time was deck the hall ball, like 2015. Right. And then, yeah. Cause right. Cause I think the end started playing them first before cast W did. Yeah. Yeah. And so they played deck the hall. Maybe that was 2014. And then I went to Sasquatch in 2015 or something like that. But either way, like, you know, it's been a, it's been a slow, steady rise, you know, and like, it's like, Oh, Royal blood selling out arenas and, you know, in Europe, like, Oh man, they're huge. Like that's some, and it's like, Kav always says like, takes 10 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've kind of seen them, you know, across that so it was, it was just a really fun night and then uh yeah sunday i just watched f1 it was super windy here i couldn't golf because there's too much dust everywhere you like you couldn't even see the mountains it was wild but it was a good day to just be inside because that miami race was dope <laughs> it was Kyle. before you hopped on we were talking about i don't know if you watch any of the uh race of my the f1 race in miami but no, they, i heard it was going down though they had, they had like, they set up a whole, so it was like around the stadium, the football stadium. And then they had like this whole area that looked like a beach with water and had actual yachts in it, but it was just fake water. And Matt and I were saying like the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, that seems kind of weird. And then by like Saturday watching qualifying, I was like, I want to be on one of those yachts and acting like I'm in the water. Yeah. Give me, right. give me the fake water paint. Wow. Yeah. So they did not end up going down, um, What's the famous? Is it Miami Beach Boulevard? No, they yeah they were they were racing around like uh, geez I don't even know what they call it anymore. It used to be Joe Robbie. Oh, it's the Hard Rock. Is it Hard, Hard Rock, Rock Stadium? Yeah, Hard Rock mm. Stadium. That's where like the straightaway was and stuff. And yeah, ah. so they, yeah. So they weren't down on like South Beach, but it was yeah. Because I know originally they were trying to do it like downtown, and I was like, that seems so insane in Miami. Yeah, yeah, but it was pretty cool, and we, Matt and I both agreed, like, yeah, I'll, I'll act like I'm on a real boat in real water, like, plus, can you imagine how awesome that would be, like, the fun of hanging out on a yacht, plus F1, and unlike a yacht, like, you're not really stuck there, because it's just <laughs> on the ground, you can just, like, hop off and go home. <laughs> Wait, so what was it? It's like, it, what do you mean by fake water? It was like a blue carpet with, and people could just bring their boats out there, or what? 
So it was a, it was like a blue carpet of some sorts, but like these were big boats. Like they must have brought them in. Like you couldn't, there's no way you just like towed your boat over there. Like they, I don't know how they set it up. They made a point to make it look like it was sitting on Miami beach, but it was yeah. just, or like in a harbor in Miami, but it was Wait, just that. This looks like real water. That is not real. Nope. I mean, I know that the boats like are not in deep water or anything, but this looks like, wow, this is crazy. Okay. <laughs> More research needed. I mean, I don't need to do it right now, but this looks insane, boys. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty cool. Oh, all right. Well, I guess it's about that time for the cop topic. Cop topic. Cop topic. Boys, this has to be at least partially real. <laughs> oh God! Some of this water has to be real. Okay, I'm done. Well, I'm off was, it. There was there was like a a like river a foot or something that went along one of the straightaways, but it, like it wasn't on the beach. It was by a stadium. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Um. Well, there was something I was going to talk about before we got into uh cop topic, but I got totally distracted by the Miami thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the cop topic. Um. Okay. So basically. God, sometimes these have like the dumbest origins, but I'm like taking this class right now and we have a lunch break. And so at lunch I went and I was really hungry because it's super cold in the office. And so I went and I got like this big juicy burger and fries and it was amazing. But it was like one of those situations where as soon as I finished, I was like, God, like school is going to be impossible to stay awake now. Or like this class is going to be impossible to stay awake for. So the cop topic this week is what is something you crave, have it, and then instantly regret it. Feel free to email us, email at the podcast.com. What is something you crave, have it, and then instantly regret it. And like something preferably you've done many times, but it could be a one-off. Boys? I mean, the two things that come to mind quickly is, uh, like a, a serious like midday barbecue lunch. Like I did it a few weeks ago and then I was like, I got to go home and take a nap. Oh, yeah, <laughs> especially if there's a couple beers in there. Yeah. And then, right. And then the other one, uh, you know, I won't say the name of the place, but a certain fast food breakfast, like every <laughs> I'm, I'm like, God, I, I love those sandwiches, this and that. And then like, as soon as I'm done eating it, I'm like, Oh, like that was a bad idea. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to explain. Like, look, if I get hammered and order a Taco Bell at midnight, I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, no but big deal. Some, yeah, Speed for some bump. reason, that one place in their breakfast, which I love, but like, I I, I got to remind myself, like, you don't want that. That's just you just think you do as you're hungover. They get me with their like lunches and dinners, honestly, at the airport at SeaTac, and then I'm always like, yeah. you always you feel bad every time. Why do you do this? Why do we do this? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm trying to think. Dude, one of my favorite sayings you say is you talk, oftentimes you'll drop that you hammered down a couple burgers. Like that's just a normal activity. Like, yeah, so I was down there, hammered down a couple burgers and went and said hello to some people. I'm like, yeah, I got hammering down burgers. I got to stop saying rifling beers too. So I talked to a buddy the other day and he's like, yeah, I got to go hang out with my kids. I'll rifle some beers and then I'll come over and meet you. And, I'll, and before I could say anything, he goes, I'm just, I'm saying that because you say that. He's like, I'm with my kids. I'm going to have two beers and then I'll come over and meet you. And I was like, all right, all right. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Ted, you rifle beers, you raw dog vegetables, and you hammer down burgers. Three things you've. Life in the Just past, such an right? aggressive way to live. I love it. 
<laughs> Living life with no laws, baby. <laughs> right. Matt? Um, the first thing that came to mind was the uh, Greek cheese spiral from Trader Joe's. It's like some sort of pastry bread with like five different cheeses that you just like pop in the oven and like bread and cheese in general is like just easy to overdo and it's just dense and no nutritional value. (laughs) So, uh, but those Greek cheese spirals because of the way that they're shaped and cut up, like you can just be going to town and you know, it's like, yeah, you, you eat a little bit too much of that. And it's like, well, there goes the afternoon. Um, took a few few naps during the Seahawks games this season because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know those naps well. Well, you know, I mean, it wasn't they weren't the best games. It wasn't a great season. Some of those fourth quarters were snooze fests, but like I didn't help the odds. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that was a lot of lot of bread and cheese back there after the halftime. <laughs> yeah, I would also like different kind of situation. But I'd say like sauerkraut on a hot dog when you're out in public because I love sauerkraut. But it's like 10 minutes after you eat it, you burp. And it's like, oh, my God, I should not have eaten sauerkraut randomly in the middle of the day. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I know, but like when it's just yeah, when you're getting like a dog hot off the grill and it's just sitting there, it does feel like it calls to you, you know. Oh, yeah. You got some deli style mustard on there like this. This is going to be freaking delicious. But no remember, half stepping, you know. Uh, I remember when I used to golf, like playing with somebody and like at the turn and we'd started early in the morning. It's like 11 a.m. And I'm just hammering down like a quarter pound hot dog or sa- with sauerkraut mustard. And, like my whole like 13, I was like, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, before we go, Matt and I talked about it a little bit. Like, I know the Broncos are going to be good, but did you really have to name your dog Bronco? You might go into the Hall of Fame as a goddamn Seahawk, Russell. I mean, that that is a low blow. That's like, Man. I, I don't know. I respect that Shaq embraces the cities he plays in, but to name your dog, I mean, I, that hurts. Yeah, and Shaq has some regrets. I'll leave it That's, at that. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> From CTP for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.